verse 1, Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to begin there in verse 1. The title of my message today is The Way of the Wise. The Way of the Wise, Matthew chapter 2, we'll begin there in verse 1. Uh, very thankful uh, for these uh, wise men that came to see the Lord Jesus as we look at their life today. Uh, what a blessing it was to me as I studied them and uh, was uh, really thinking about all that they went through and all that they did. The way of the wise today as we uh, look at some characteristics about these wise men and uh, some things that they did that we can learn from them as we think about this Christmas time and the birth of the Lord Jesus. Uh, what is the way of the wise? What did these wise men do that we can learn from them? And so we're going to take a look at that there in beginning there in verse 1 as we talk about the very first truth is their search. Now let's take a look at it here today. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now there in verse 1, the very first truth we see is we see their search. And what we see is that these men, these wise men, now the Bible doesn't say how many they were. Now we generally say, well, there was three and because of that, because we see the three gifts, you know, but, and that not, you're not wrong in saying that. Uh, you know, some think there could have been more. It could have been an entourage of folks that came. Of course, the Bible does, isn't really clear on that, but there could have been more than that. The Bible just pulls out these three uh, wise men because these were the three that gave the gifts. Either way, it doesn't, either way, it doesn't really matter. What we see is that these wise men, they were coming from the east and they were searching. And they were searching for someone specific. They were searching for something. You say, well, what were they searching for? They were, they were going to a place, they were searching for something that was greater than themselves. They were searching, they were looking for something that was, that was important. They were looking for something that was the biggest thing that, that had ever happened up to that point. They were looking for someone specific. They were looking for their Savior. The Bible says there in verse 1 that when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem means house of bread, and Jesus called himself the true bread from heaven. And so Jesus was born in the house of bread, and the Bible says in the days of Herod the king, and these wise men, they came from the east to Jerusalem. And so these men, they were searching, they were looking, they were doing what they could to find the Lord Jesus. Now these guys, it wasn't like they were just down the street. You ever, you ever been looking for something? You ever, you ever lost something, been searching for it? And that meant a whole lot to you. Have you ever lost something that, that really, really meant a whole lot to you? Now, did you just quit after the first day or did you keep looking? Well, you probably kept looking for it, didn't you? How many of you lost something a long time ago and you're still looking for it? Yeah, all of us. You haven't given up hope on it. Why is that? Because it means something to you, right? Because it's important. Because it means something to you. You see that what you're searching for has some value to it. Because, and that's the same way that these wise men saw. They were searching for someone that they knew was great, they knew had value. Because, who, I mean, who, who is more valuable? What is more valuable than the Son of God Himself? And so they, they were searching for something, someone of value, someone that was precious, someone that was the greatest that there has ever been. And so we look for things, we search for things that we know are valuable, things that are precious, 
things that really mean something to us. They didn't give up. Hey, hey, they didn't just come walking from down the street or from a block away. I mean, these guys, they traveled. They traveled a great distance to get to where they were. I mean, they were going through deserts and they were going over mountains and hills and valleys and going all over the place through cities and doing, I mean, traveling everywhere to get from point A, to get from where they came from, to get over here to where Jesus was. And so they were searching, going through all different kinds of places, going through all different kinds of things. I mean, there's no telling the people that they met, the people that they talked to, the obstacles that they faced, and they were doing everything they could to get from there to get to where the Lord Jesus was because Jesus was precious, because he was valuable, because he was important, because he was worth searching for. We're searching for. We're searching for. Let me ask you this this morning. What are you searching for? What are you looking for in your life? Are you going to stop at the first hill or are you going to keep coming? Are you going? Are you going to stop at the first hill? Or are you going to stop? A, are you going to stop at the first obstacle when you uh, uh, you know that the hill's too big? Well, might as well just stop and turn around and go back. Hey, listen! If the wise men would have stopped at the first mountain they came to, they'd have never been able to see the Lord Jesus. Imagine all that they'd have missed out on if they'd have stopped at the first mountain. If they'd have went back at the first darkest valley. Imagine if they would have. Imagine if they would have in the cities that they walked into before they got to Jerusalem. And the things that they saw and the people that they met. Imagine all the things that could have distracted them on their journey. I mean, all the different places that they were. I mean, all the different things that they seen. I mean, the world was at their disposal. And they, and they could have let all kinds of things in this world distract them from their journey to give these gifts to Jesus. But you know what? They were steadfast. They were steadfast in their journey. They were not going to let mountains. They were not going to let dark valleys. And, and they weren't going to let the enticements of the world and, and all that was therein. They were not going to let any of these things keep them from finding Jesus. Why? Because when they saw the mountains, they knew that Jesus was bigger than those mountains. When they saw those valleys, they knew that Jesus was greater than those valleys. When they saw the world and everything that was in it, they knew that Jesus was more valuable than all of those things. So they were not going to let anything stop them from getting to where Jesus was. Let me ask you this today. On your journey this morning, are you stopping at the mountains? Are you looking at the valleys and saying, I think this is too much? It's too dark? We're going back? Are you going through the big cities and you see all the enticements of the world and, and the devil's doing everything he can to draw you in to keep you from getting to that place to where you see Jesus? There's a lot of people today that are going to stop at that mountain. They're not going to go over it. They're not going to ask God for strength. They're not going to get the blessing. There's a lot of people that are going to stop before they get to those valleys. And, and, and even though the Bible says that, uh, that he walks with us to the valley of the shadow of death, there's going to be a lot of people that will stop at those valleys. They're not going to go through it. They're going to turn around they're going to go back. There's going to be a lot of people today that get distracted on their journey to see the Lord Jesus by everything that this world and the devil has to offer them. And as you travel to see Jesus today, what's going to stop you? What's going to hinder you? Where are you? What, what is going to keep you 
from receiving that blessing to sit at the feet of Jesus? What's going to stop you from worshiping the Lord at his feet today? These wise men, the Bible says that they were searching. The Bible says there in verse 1, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. They were searching, and they were searching for someone great, someone special, someone that was valuable, greater than anything that's ever been. What are you searching for this morning? Because there's nothing out here in this world that's more valuable and more precious than the Lord Jesus himself. So we see their search. Then notice there in verse two. The Bible says, when they got to Jerusalem, the Bible says they said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? We have seen this star in the east and are come to worship him. You know what I like about verse two? The Bible says that one of the very first things they said, the very first thing they said when they got to Jerusalem is they said, where is he? Where is he at? Where is that one that's, that's born king of the Jews? Where is he at? They didn't say, hey, y'all know where the, uh, y'all know where the, uh, the best uh, place to get a burger around here is? Do y'all know where the best, uh, y'all know where the best uh, uh, football field is? Hey, do you know where the best uh, whatever else is that this world has? All they were concerned about was where's Jesus. That's what they wanted. That's what they wanted. They were concerned. When they got into Jerusalem, they weren't concerned about everything else that Jerusalem had to offer. They were concerned about where is Jesus. That's what they wanted. That was, was, that was, was, that, that was, was what was in their heart. They wanted to see where is Jesus. Where is that one that's king of the Jews? Where is he at? I mean, you can just imagine how excited they were. I mean, they've been traveling so long to get down there. You can imagine how excited they were traveling for distances, traveling for, for a very long time just to get to that point. Think about this. How many of you like to go on vacation? All of us do. You know, you leave the house and uh, you're all excited. You get everything all in the car. I mean, just cram packed. You can tell people that are going on vacation because they can't see out the rearview mirror. I mean, it's just packed to the hill. Stuff all over the car, whatever it is. You know, you can tell they're going to have a good time. And you get a little jealous. You see them driving. Well, I guess they're on their way to the beach, you know. And you get everything all together. You get everything all ready. And you start off on your journey. And you're so excited. Oh, I can't wait to get down there. I imagine those wise men were the same way. They were on their journey. They could not wait to get to the Lord Jesus. But you know what happens? About an hour and a half, two hours in. You're like, how many of you ever get tired? You're, you know you're going to have a good time. You know you're going to a great place. You know you're going to relax. But I tell you what, that journey to get there isn't always, you know, sometimes it's, whew, let's pull over for a little bit. You ever done that? I tell you what, honey, I'm getting tired. The kid's back there. Don't touch me, don't touch me. He, mama, he touched me. And they're back there doing all that kind of stuff. Stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. And they're doing all that stuff, and you're sitting there, and you're like, Lord. You found, I wish you found a babysitter or something like that. <laughs> and, you, and you're on your way, and you get there. You, you start to get close. You know that feeling when you know you're getting close? The GPS, it says, turn left in two miles and arrive at your destination. 
And then you just start getting overwhelmed on the inside. And you're like, yes, we're almost there. You're on your way to the beach and you start seeing all those, you start seeing all those billboards. You see, remember those? You see all those billboards on the side. And when you start seeing them, you know that you're getting close. There's this sense of hope that, man, we're, we're almost there. GPS says you're right here at the hotel and, you turn, and, you, and then you see the beach. Oh man, you're so excited. And you're looking around everywhere. You're just looking at everything. I think these wise men were the same way. I think they went out on their journey and they were so stoked about seeing the Lord Jesus. They were so excited about seeing, about searching for him and finding him and, and spending time with him and, and worshiping him. Do we still have that same thing in us this morning? Is that it? When you was on your way to church today, when you was on your way to church this morning, when you was coming here to find Jesus, to listen to Jesus, to hear God speak to your heart, what was trying to hinder you? What was trying to stop you? Hey, how many of you know that on your way to church this morning, the devil does everything he can to make your life miserable before you get here? Amen. He will. He will. Make you stump your toe and, you know, get you, get yourself, get everybody frustrated at each other and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you're, when you came in, were you excited about seeing God? Excited about hearing from God? Excited about worshiping the Lord? Where is Jesus? When we come in the door in the mornings or in the night, whenever it is when we come in, that's what we should be saying. Where's, where's the king of the Jews? I'm here. I'm here to see the king. I'm here to worship the king. I'm here to talk to the king. When you come in this morning, when you come in this morning, was that one of the things that was on your mind? I want to see Jesus. You know what's up on that pulpit? Up on that pulpit, it says, sir, we would see Jesus. That's what it says, written up on that pulpit. You can't see it, it's on the other side. But right there in the very front, it says, sirs, we would see Jesus. And when we come in, is that what we're looking for? Is that what we're searching for? I'll tell you what these guys were. The Bible says there in verse two, they said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Notice they said, we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. So not only do we see their search, but we see their claim. Their claim on what? Their claim on who they knew Jesus to be. Their claim on who they knew what Jesus was. Notice they said there in verse two. They said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Do you see that capital K there? See, that K there is different than the K that you see in Herod's. See, Herod's is a Lowercase k. They were looking for the, the big guy. They were looking for the big k, the big king, because they understood that they were not just coming to see a king. They were coming to see the king. They were coming to see the king. And they were, and they were searching for the king. They wanted the king. They wanted to see the king. They wanted to worship the king. That's what they wanted. Now, see, there's a lot of little kings in this world. There's a lot of people that think they're kings. Amen. I'm the king of my life. I'm the king of my domain. I'm the king of this house. Yeah. There's a lot of little kings, but Jesus, the Bible says there, the Bible says they said, where is he that is born king? We want to see the king. We want to see the king of the universe, the king of the world. We want to see the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who we want to see. 
their claim was that they saw Jesus as the king. Not just a king, but the king. So let me ask you this today. Is Jesus the king in your life? Is he the king? Is he the the main person, the main one? Because see, they were making much of the king. They wanted the king to be magnified. They wanted the king to uh, to be seated on his throne in glory in their hearts. So where is Jesus seated in your life? And we was talking in Sunday school this morning about how whenever Mary and Joseph, when they got to Bethlehem, that the Bible said that there was no room for them in the inn. Now, if there's no room, that means it's full. And if the room is full, what's it full of? As you think about yourself and you think about your life today, and you think about the Lord Jesus knocking on the door of your heart, and, and he's knocking on the door of your heart, and, and, and he says, I want to come in and fellowship with you but you're on the inside and you, you, you can't barely get the door open. You know, he wants to come in and, and you grab hold and, and, and you're doing everything you can to answer the door. You got to push stuff, stuff out of the way and you finally get right there and Jesus is standing right there and he says, man, I sure like to come in and fellowship with you today. And he said, well, Jesus, I'd love for you to come in, but you know what? There's just no room for you here. What's taking up so much room in your life that Jesus can't get in? What's taking up so much room in your life that Jesus cannot get in, that there is no room for him? Because if there's no room, that means the place is full. And if the place is full, what's it full of? Is it full of you? Is it full of so many other things that's out here in this world that there's just no room for him? These guys were making much of the king. They said, we want to see the king of the Jews. That was their claim. He's our king. He is the king. So let me ask you. On your search, is Jesus the king in your life? Because if he's not the king, and he's not seated on the throne of glory in your personal life, then who's sitting there? Is it you? Is it something else? What are you putting in the place of Jesus? These guys, these wise men, were making much of Jesus. They said, we want to see the king. Check this out. The Bible says we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. See, there's a lot of people not only think they're kings, there's a lot of people think they're stars. Amen? You know, you can buy a star. Did you know you can buy a star? You say, you can buy a star? You sure can. I saw a place not too long ago advertising deeds. You can buy it for $50. Buy your own star for $50. They'll even give you a title deed to it. And there's people that do it. Yeah, talk about crazy. When you look up in the sky, how, can you, how in the world do you know which one's yours? And they, they say, well, we'll send you a blueprint and all this stuff. Man, alive. Have you ever looked up in the stars and tried to single out one? And you know what? And God says, I put them all there myself and I gave them all a name. I gave them all a name. I put every star up there and I gave every single one of them a name. Yeah. The Bible says we come to, they said we come to see, we've seen his star. This star belonged to him, a special star. They said we've seen his star. Listen, there's nobody else ever been born that had a star to come along with them. Amen. That's exactly right. Nobody else has ever been born that ever had a star come along with them 
But they said, we've come because we've seen his star. He said, well, how do they know that that was his star? Because they knew the Bible, which brings us to our next text. They knew the Bible. Not only do we see their claim, but we see their knowledge there in verse 2. Their knowledge of what? How did they know that this was the Messiah's star? Because Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, says there was going to be a star that would come. And you take a look at it. And you see all the capital letters that are used in that sentence to describe the Savior of the world. Not only do we see their claim of Jesus on their life, not only do we see their search for someone that is valuable and more important than anything else, but we see, we see their knowledge that they had of the Lord. They said, we've seen his star. They knew who, they knew who, the, who the son of God, they knew where, where the, the star was gonna come and, whenever they, and when they saw this star, they knew that the Messiah would be born. And you know, the star was up there in the sky for all this time when Jesus was born. This star was up there and these wise men were the only one paying attention to it. It was up there for everybody to see. It wasn't like God just revealed it to these wise men. The star was up there for everybody to see. But you see, they were the only ones looking up. They were the only ones watching. They're the only ones looking up. Maybe that's why the Bible calls these men wise men because they were, they were looking for the Lord Jesus. They were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for that special someone. They didn't let the mountains take their eyes off of Jesus. They didn't let the valleys take their eyes off of Jesus. They didn't let all the things that are in this world take their eyes off of Jesus. They were looking up. They were looking up to follow him. And wherever that star went, they followed that star. You see, if you want to find where you're supposed to go, you're going to have to keep looking up. You want to find out where you're supposed to be? You need to keep looking up. Because when you start looking at the hills and you start looking at the valleys and you start looking at the world, you're going to lose yourself. You're going to lose yourself. And you know what that GPS on your life is going to say? Recalculating. 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 How many times have you got to recalculate before we just stop and just look up and let the star guide us to where we need to be. These men, they searched, they had a claim, they had knowledge, but not only that, they're in verse nine. I'm sorry, yeah, there, let's, take, let's finish out to verse three. The Bible says that when King Herod had heard these things, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not thou the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people. And then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them into Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. 
And when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And so we see there in verse 9 as we see their diligence. Their diligence. After they got there where, the, where all the people were, where the king was, they kept searching, they kept looking, they stepped outside, they were done talking to the king, they stepped outside, they looked up into the sky, and there was the star. But nobody was looking at it. But these guys saw it, and they diligently followed this star. And they followed this star until it came over the place where the Lord Jesus was. When they, and and, they follow, and, and what that, what'd that star do? That star led them to exactly the place that they needed to be. Everything that they have been searching for, everything that they had been studying about and reading about, everything that they have heard, everything that they have claimed to be true, all of this, it had all come down to this one moment. Kind of like when you wake up on Christmas morning and you can't wait to get up underneath that Christmas tree to see what presents you got. See, in my house, I was always the first one up. I woke everybody up. I woke everybody up. Everybody else sound asleep. Me, I was the first one up. And I'd go and wake everybody up because I was so excited about Christmas. I just love Christmas. And we'd all get in there together and you'd have that money and you'd start opening up your presents. It was great. And you'd been waiting all this time. Now here they are, they're standing right there in front of the house. The star is right there above the house. It all comes down to this one. Oh, one moment. And here they are, fixing to see the Son of God. Can you imagine the excitement that they had in their life? We're fixing to see the Son of God. We're fixing to see the Messiah. We're fixing to see the one that is going to come and save us from all of our sins. We're fixing to see him. He's just right beyond that door. Just right beyond that door. And they searched diligently until they got to right there. And the only thing that was between them and the Son of God was a door. You find yourself here this morning. What is between you and God today? Just a door. Just a door. And what's Jesus doing? He's knocking on that door. Knocking on the door of your heart. Are you going to respond? You're going to respond. Everybody ever come, everybody come knock on your door and you didn't want to, you didn't want to go answer the door? You know the Jehovah's Witnesses and see like, man, I don't want to talk to them people. As he sit there and you hide, you know, and you duck down. Are you going to respond to the Lord this morning? What is, are, are, you, are you going to let yourself get to this close? Are you going to let yourself get to this point, get this close, just to turn around and walk away? Or are you going to do something about it? Are you going to open up that door and see the Savior that is just on the other side? I wonder how many people have died and went to hell coming this close coming this close to knowing Jesus as their personal Savior, but never did. And they got right there to the door. I'm talking right there to the, to the door of salvation. I'm talking right there where Jesus is. I mean, they were right there. And then 
just turned around and walked away. And how many people died and went to hell coming this close to Jesus? These guys, these wise men, they were right there at the door. They weren't going to let nothing stop them. They weren't going to let nothing turn them away. They had done all this to get to this point. So we see their diligence. Take a look at verse 10. The Bible says, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Exceeding great joy. Here they are, they're at the house, the star is right there above it. They know that this is the place. And what were they filled with? Joy. Joy. Man, these people were excited about seeing God. They were excited about seeing the Lord. They were looking forward to it. I think there's a lot of people in this world today that are looking for joy. But you know what? Jesus is the one that gives joy. Now see, the world can give you happiness. The world can give you happiness. But the happiness depends on happenings. And the happiness is fleeting. You're happy one day, sad the next. Happy in the morning, sad in the evening. But there's a joy that only Jesus gives. And when these people, when these wise men, when they got there to where Jesus was, what were they filled with? Notice the Bible says there in the text, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. These men were filled with joy. Joy. That's something only God can give. And let me tell you something. If they had stopped at that mountain, they had never got that. If they had stopped at that valley and just went on back, they had never got that. If they had looked around in all those cities and let all the distractions of the world and the temptations of the devil pull them away, they had never received it. But here they are, right here in front of the house where Jesus is. And they're filled with joy. Because that's what Jesus does. He gives joy. He gives joy. Notice what else happened. We're almost done. There in verse 11, the Bible says, and when they were coming to the house, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And so we see their worship. We see their worship. Can you imagine this? Now you get this in your mind. When they were coming to the house, can you imagine? I wonder which one of these guys knocked on the door. Hey, you do it. No, I'll do it. No, let me do it. I want to do it. Well, we've been traveling all this way. We talked about this. I want to knock on the door. I'm going in first. No, you're not. I'm going in first. I think it's amazing. And they get there. They knock on the door. And they hear that door start to creak open. Can you imagine what's going on inside of them? as they know that they're fixing to see Jesus for the very first time. Wow. They walk inside. Man, they walk inside and, and they start looking around and they see him. I imagine they were probably awestruck. I imagine they, they see the Lord Jesus standing there as just a young child. And they see him. The Bible says they walked in and what could they do when they laid their eyes on him? They couldn't do but one thing and that was fall down on their knees. 
That's all they could do. That's all they could do was just fall down on their knees and they saw Jesus for the very first time. They knew that this is the Savior. This is the one that's gonna, this is the one that's gonna cleanse me of all my sin. He is the, he is the king of my life. And they had made claim on that little boy standing there in that house. They were so excited. Let me ask you this today. When you see Jesus for the very first time in your life, when you get to heaven, what do you think you're going to do? What do you think you're going to do? Man, I'm going to be jumping. I'm going to be shouting glory. I'm going to be, man, there ain't no telling what in the world I'm going to be doing. And all of you that sit here that say, well, I don't really jump and shout and say amen and all that stuff, you know what you're going to be doing when you see Jesus. You're going to be jumping and shouting, singing glory and everything else too. And you're going to see him. And man, it's going to be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. You won't be able to take your eyes off of him. Because you're going to see the one that saved you and forgave you of your sin and gave you home in heaven and all these things. And you're going to see him for how beautiful he is. And these men, they come in, they saw the Lord Jesus as, as just a young child standing there. And all they could do, even as a child, all they could do was fall to their knees. Less on getting to heaven and seeing Jesus in person in heaven as their savior, their sacrifice. Man, these guys, the Bible says they come into the house and they, they, saw, they saw him there with the, the young child and, and he was there with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. And so we see their worship. What they do, man, they worship God. This Christmas, what we need to make sure that we do is that we make sure that we make much of worshiping Jesus. Make sure we worship Jesus at Christmas. All right, well, hurry up. Check this out. Go to verse, last part of verse 11. We'll go home. The Bible says, and they opened their treasures. Man, they've been holding on to them for a long time. They couldn't wait to give them. You ever had? You ever bought somebody something you just couldn't wait to give them? How many of you are as bad as me? You buy a Christmas present for somebody, and you give it to them early. Anybody else guilty of that? You're just so excited to give it to them, you just can't wait. You know what I did one time? I bought Amy's Christmas present, and then I sent her a picture of it. <laughs> I got out the store. Got out to the truck, put the presents in there, took a picture of it, and sent it to her. Says, "Look what I got you for Christmas." <laughs> I've done that this year. I'm not. I'm guilty. I was so excited about it. You imagine these guys hanging on to these gifts all this time. How excited they were! How excited they were to give these presents to the Savior. Can you imagine what was going on to them? How they felt. I mean, they've been holding on to these gifts all this time to give to the king of the Jews, to their savior. Now, I imagine in every journey, all their travels up and down those mountains and down those valleys and throughout the cities, one of the things that kept them going was looking down and seeing those gifts 
And I think those gifts reminded them of the whole purpose of their journey. I imagine at night they sat down around the campfire and all the camels were sitting out and they laid down there in the desert and they got those gifts and probably at night just kind of held them in their hand in the twilight of the fire and just kind of looked at him and thought, you know what, I can't wait till I give this to him. I can't wait till I give this to him. Man, these wise men had such a worship about them. They had such a love for God. Such a love for the Lord Jesus. The Bible says they gave them gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold represents Jesus as a king. Incense represents Jesus as our priest. And the myrrh represents Jesus as our sacrifice and savior. They knew who Jesus was. They knew he was the king. They knew he was our high priest. And they knew he was our sacrifice and savior. They knew it. What do you know about Jesus today? What are you searching for? How much room do you have for Jesus this morning? Let's pray. Father, we come to you today.